Is this? Oh, do these these don't look big enough? Do they? No, oh, mine, I'm, mine I'm kind of whispering on it. That's yeah. Hey, hey guys. Hey guys. Uh, yeah, leave, right. leave this in, Mr. Right <laughs> yeah, all of it, a... gold. I'll definitely leave you creepily whispering at <laughs> me, like, let me check this bike. I can see what, you. What you got on the bike? Keeping it 5150 episode. Eight. Eight. The Ocho. Um, so, yeah, we're back. Still no email from you guys. Please reach out to us. Please leave yes. us iTunes reviews. Please let us know. That how many How many subscribers do we have? Any more subscribers? It went down from 21 <laughs> to 16. Okay, but we were only at nine last time I, oh, I checked in. All right, so no, it went up. It went up a little bit and then and went down. And it went down. Uh-huh. And again, I don't know if this is real subscribers. Because it's your feed burners used to measure like thousands of subscribers or how many thousand subscribers you have so i don't think know if it's necessarily accurate to the yeah. subscriber level to be fair we did the uh the softest of podcast launches because i don't know that either of us have actually mentioned to anyone on any of our social media channels. oh god no i don't but want this... people <laughs> my friends listening to this yeah okay so it's gonna be another loose one i think we're gonna we're starting us off with a fine summer shandy yeah what is this? so this is the beer pairing for for this podcast <laughs> like while you listen to this as long as you're not driving, or I guess at work, try to pair this with a nice summer shandy. It's pretty good. We won't mention the brand because um, they didn't pay us. <laughs> but if a beer or whiskey company wants to sponsor the podcast. Because we have a reach of 19 people, some of which are us and some of which are definitely robots. Yeah. If you're a whiskey company and you want to break into the robot market, get at us. Yeah, this is your win. Yeah. Not all the robots have turned off of humanity because of our <laughs> podcast yet um so we're drinking this fine summer shandy uh it's we're recording this it'll be out much later but we're recording this on april fool's day yeah a day it's that the I worst fucking day isn't forget it? is a thing I, i'm terrible at remembering holidays i mean not the big holidays but yeah I mean, christmas like, kind of like leaves you some clues doesn't it the christmas yeah. just rolls up and you go why it's christmas yeah <laughs> what, what mean, day is this it's you know i think july 4th thanksgiving christmas new year's yeah, those you kind of know. You, I see those coming. Yeah, I mean that. that and then everything else. I guess Valentine's Day too. As a married man, I know that that's a thing. Oh, well, I guess if you do that, that's a. I, don't, know, I mean, we, we choose you know, to do that. And and my anniversary, which is not a holiday, but should be. Every other thing. Yeah, I, your president's literally days. Work will be like, oh, we have Monday off, and I'll be like, why? And they'll be like, because of Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, oh, cool. Yeah. April Fool's Day not really a holiday. No. But it's a thing that people put a lot of effort into oh man they D- don't they though not people i know like i don't have any friends who are like real april fool's heads little little pranksters <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. really yeah no one's like fake to death or like you know pregnancy or anything because it's <laughs> april fool's day but um yeah a friend of mine chose to post that um she was pregnant today on on facebook and pretty sure she wasn't fucking joking because they're not they're not that pranky but it was weird choice of day <laughs> Like, that is also someone who's not paying attention to yeah. April Fool's Day as a thing. Cause, yeah. Also, I mean, no disrespect to my friend if it is a joke, but it's not, not very funny. It's like super plausible, which is a good part of the, but not funny and not like, ah, I'm so dumb for believing that you'd have you know a second kid. <laughs> like, yeah. That seems like a normal number of kids to have. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, I think you got to go, if you're going to do that, it's got to be, you got to be a dude. Saying you're pregnant. Like junior? Like junior. Like junior it, but then somehow try to get like reputable science and medical journals to like cover it. That would be the way to do it. <laughs> we didn't think what? there was enough fake news, so, so we went to the New England Journal of Medicine and was like, hey guys. Hey, have you seen Junior? <laughs> and they were like, of course we fucking have. We work at the New England Journal of Medicine. <laughs> They're like, 
what if you don't want to sit down for this? What if we did that for me on April Fool's Day? <laughs> I love it. I'm already I'm already in. Let's do this. <laughs> yes, we're already faking test results as we speak. <laughs> um, so did you fall? Have you? Do you care at all? Have you gone? No, the gener- it's generally a lame, uh, a lame thing, and it's particularly lame when corporations get behind it. It's like, do you see Netflix? They did. Uh, no. Well, you don't have Netflix, do you? So they, they I have don't. Netflix Live, uh, as if it could be possibly be live. Imagine that. And it was just <laughs> Will on that um, dictating or like uh, describing things in, in, I think Netflix's office, like toasters and photocopiers and things like that. It wasn't very funny. It looked like it. Like didn't cost a ton of money, but like. More more money than thought and effort than they got. Will Arnett. He probably wasn't like, "Hey guys, I'm available and I want to do something for free as long as it's an April Fool's joke." <laughs> yeah, you have to validate my parking. Yeah, <laughs> as much cheese as I can eat. One of the, I guess the, I saw the the best April Fool's thing that I saw this year. This year. This year. What, today. Today. By this year, I mean to, earlier today when I was on one. George Takai. Did you see this? George no. Takai mm. and his husband. I guess were. It was reported that they were buying a new house in a specific county. And they were asked why they were buying that. And, and George Sakai's response was, oh, I guess the cat's out of the bag. I'm going to run for Congress. And I'm going to run specifically in this county because then I'll be uh, going against, like, Nunez. Or Nunez <laughs> oh, the, wow. like, beleaguered uh, intelligence chair. Yeah, stretching um, the definition of intelligence. Yes. And he's like, I think that guy's vulnerable, and I think I'm the I'm the guy to run or whatever. Wow. And he, they issued that at midnight. And Not a bad idea. And here's the thing. No one took that as an April Fool's joke, and everyone was fucking psyched <laughs> that I saw online. People were spreading that around like, yeah, woo! You know, it's, like, it's also a good, good time to actually test potentially bad ideas like that. I, I was... I was let me, like, Google this and see if anyone else has picked up on the story. Right. And then that was where it was like, everyone's like... It's an April Fool's joke, stupid. You know, so like, um, that's pretty good. Also, George Sakai, if you're listening to this, which you won't be, but if you were, it'd be cool if you're. I would, Who's not going to vote for George Sakai? That seems like a. He seems no, get in like there. He's the dude. captain of the Excelsior. Man, that's Star Trek. Is that a Star Trek reference? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Reference Has he been another fix? Be? Has he been the captain of other things? Captain of industry. I don't know. Like, <laughs> all right. Um, what wasn't an April Fool's joke nice. is that. Uh, they released the first trailer for it. Oh yeah, the, the uh, adaptation of perhaps my favorite Stephen King novel. Now, was it originally a miniseries or was it a, was it, it a movie? It started out as a book <laughs> originally. <laughs> All right, well, look, you never know because I know Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy started out. As like oh, a it fucking came out radio as fucking show. loads of things. I don't know if but it was, it was even, a radio show first. It was a radio I show think. before it was a book, and then it was a book. That's what people who aren't from Britain, but know a lot about Hitchhiker's Guide for the Galaxy, have told me. Um, I didn't know that, actually. Um, yeah. Well, I, I know fact it, check it, me It later. was lots and lots of things, and I think Douglas Adams was involved in, like, well, pardon the very last one, because he yeah. did for many years. Um, but and he was involved in, in writing all of those um, all of those different different uh, interpretations, like the TV show and the, yeah, yeah. and the radio show. And there was an LP, which is like a cut-down version of the... Of the radio of the, show? It might be a longer version of the radio show or a cut-down version of the book. Oh, man. Wikipedia is going to get hammered on uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> on this yes. particular subject yeah, when I'm done uh, with this. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Yeah, it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so it, they they pulled uh, Carrie Fukunaga, who directed all of uh, True Detective Season 1. Oh, the good, the good True Detective. And uh, direct it. Um, and he still has writing credit, but he pulled out of directing it at a certain point. Oh, 
And so s- just like some other random dude that I can't remember um, directed it, but he still has like writing credit. And so they put out the first trailer. Did you watch that trailer? I did. What did you think? It looks really exciting. Uh, yeah. the, p- the part with the projector that was um, like was it a slide projector and it gets stuck yeah. or it, and then it starts to go nuts. Yeah. That was properly scary. That was like an 80s movie scary. That was a yeah. d- sense of dread rather than a um, that, that shock scare, that the, uh, the startling stuff that, that lots of horror movies do these days. It was more like yeah. a creeping dread thing, which is better. Like. Well, which is it's kind of cool. Actually, <clears throat> someone online did a thing where they compared, they did, they took shots from the 1990 miniseries and put them next to shots from the trailer that match like kind of what's going oh, on. Oh, cool. Okay. Difference. Because uh, one of the big differences, I don't have you read the book? I've not. I don't, think I've seen the, I don't think I've seen the, the Tim Curry movie. I've, I think I've seen bits of it, but yeah. not, not the whole thing. So there's two timelines in it. There's adults and then those people as kids. So the adults in the book are it takes place in the 80s. So the, all the stuff where they're flashing back to them being like what 11 or 12 or whatever right. they are so is like in the 50s. Obviously, they've moved that up. Okay. For the movie, so because if you watch the trailer, you can yeah, tell. Yeah, it's, it's like, flashing back to the 80s. It seems like the 80s, which makes sense if it takes place in like now. 2017, and it needs to be 30 years after the events. Cool, because um, we don't hear enough about the 1980s at the moment. Well, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in the book and in the original <coughs> miniseries, they, were, they had a scrapbook that they were looking at, and the photos came to life. And they've obviously done a cooler thing by having like a Kodak carousel type yeah. slide projector, and it's like, oh, that totally works, and it's kind of better. It's not coming out till September, which is fine. That gives me time to read the book, or at least watch the. It's Tim a very Curry long movie. book, but it's, it's <laughs> all right. Really it doesn't give me time to read the book. <laughs> it's like a George R. R. Martin novel. Oh, yeah. It's like really big. Um, I mean, so, uh, so before we do a podcast for Stephen King, you should read both The Stand and It because those are both incredibly long books. That yeah, is over 2,000 pages worth of King for you to like fucking dive into. That podcast's a long time coming. I'm not a fast reader. Yeah, um, but here's my question. If, if you're the guys who made It, why don't you put it out in October instead of September? Yeah, it feels weird, doesn't it? Like if you can make like, a fucking, like one of the most famous horror characters, Pennywise, right? That, that's mm-hmm. like, he's up there with, you know, yeah, he's at least freedom. second tier behind Dracula and Frankenstein. Stuff like he's like he's the image of that is you can probably still go with him as Halloween, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so and people will again now that they've reimagined him because he looks quite different in this than Tim Curry looked. And yeah. Tim Curry looked like evil bozo, like he's a very traditional fifties clown. Yes. Yeah. I can't remember. I've, I can't remember what the clown looks like in this one. Um, they only show a, like a hot like little brief snippets of him, but I've seen other publicity photos. And he looks like a 1900s like vaudeville oh, right. clown. Like it's like much. It's a much different vibe than. I mean, they're, they're, it's all sinister. Like they clearly are. Like, look, everyone's done like evil clowns, and evil clowns generally just look like. Who's, is that based on was it Ed Gein? Who was the serial killer that was a clown? Oh, uh, John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. Yes, not Ed Gein. Come on, come on, Slayer fan. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get your head in yeah, the game. Yeah, that dead skin mask is not about a clown. <laughs> No, that's why it doesn't start with clown music at the beginning. M- <laughs> much though it should. No, no, no. Angel and Death also yeah. should have started with clown music. <laughs> Actually, every Slayer album should either start with carnival music or a wackety sax before they like. Carnival music, like at the beginning of most Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie albums. I think. <laughs> Slayer, those, those Slayer really missed the trick. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you're you're kind of in though on it as oh, a, yeah, I want to see it. Looks good. Oh, Christ, I never go see fucking movies though. I don't, I don't have the patience or the, or the like. I still want to see Get Out. This is the running thing in our podcast. When am I going to see fucking Get Out? Uh, at the time of recording, still, still not. Um, 
Well, you need to watch T2. Yeah, I do. It, that looks... Um, Judgment Day. <laughs> so you can see She's Twitter. <laughs> She's going on the Facebook. I, I can't remember the, the exact trailer. It's, it's along those lines. Yes. Nailing the accent. <laughs> you are. It's like I was there. I was transported back to being annoyed in the theater. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, I see. It's no good. I didn't say that. When it was when the trailer came out, the, the various websites that I look at were like, "This could go one of two ways. <laughs> like, this could be amazing." Because, like at the time, it was a we won't spoil it, the uh, the the train spotting podcast that we're going to do. But at the time, it was a really big deal. It was really good, it, and it's genuinely iconic. Like it was like, yeah, that's what yeah. mid nineties. Uh, that, that was a mid nineties thing. It, it kind of looked like that, and if it didn't look like that when it was being shot, it looked like that afterwards. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, train spotting it, it's kind of the crow soundtrack of movies, except. <laughs> holds up and is really good um i i've watched i don't want to you know what i'm gonna stop talking all right I'm gonna yeah stop we'll, talking we will get into this. i didn't because this will become the train spotting podcast and it'll um, be like we should really do a little bit more research before we get into my Let, life unless we do I all re, i rewatch i rewatched train spotting recently yeah is it is it, is it still hold up last i watched it about 10 years ago and it, I, and it we, again this I is the train spotting <laughs> podcast not this one yeah um yeah that uh i love that movie and I think it does hold up, and uh, it's killer. So that's an extended preview of uh, a podcast that'll happen when you see a movie. So I'm gonna say eight to nine months from now, <laughs> we'll just get that timely and relevant T2 fucking. I, I, I want to go see it with my wife, and she wants to see it with some other people. So we have to coordinate all of our schedules, and it's like this is this is just hard. <laughs> like, get on that. I know, and I don't see enough movies. I can't just go see it on my own. That'd be like me going seeing a movie and me not taking my wife, which would be terrible because. She really likes movies, and I really don't. So if we have an opportunity to see one, so if you just roll got, up, got a feature. Yeah, if you roll up and you're just like, hey, I just saw Get Out. <laughs> She'd be like, yeah, speaking of Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I set him up, you knock him down. That was like fucking T-ball. That shit was dope. We didn't we don't pre-rehearse any of this stuff. No, it's just, this is, yeah, this it is would golf. be much tighter and better if we <laughs> if we had uh, pre-rehearsed. So, yeah, looking forward to it. It looks good. Um October, it should be. I feel, be like October, I feel like it would crush October. Like, I, who's who's putting it out? Is it Sony or Paramount or something like that? Maybe they have another yeah. horror movie that's like, yeah, this one's. Uh, it's not that great, but if we put it out in October twenty fifth, it'll do some business yeah. because it's a kind of Rob Zombie's detached, and you know. <laughs> yes, <it's> Crow twenty forty nine or whatever. Oh, <laughs> Crow, Crow twenty thirty four. Oh God! Oh no! Oh, it's because it's Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I'm really crossing frames <laughs> on properties here. Okay, <laughs> all right. So I think we're both in on on the It trailer. As yeah, not the It movie. You're gonna go see some movies, and we'll talk about them. I promise. I promise. I will go see some movies. We're both out on April Fools as a thing. It just seems dumb. Yeah. Um, we're both in on summer shandies. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're they del- are delicious. They're they're very, quite refreshing <laughs> on a not warm or even summer like Pacific Northwest day. No, but we can see the sun for the first time in I want to say like six months. It's yeah, like it's well. been it's rained every day since the election. Kinda can't rain all the time. <laughs> now let's hear a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Clever. It's the new sexy. From hot tech titan Mark Zuckerberg to foxy physicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, if you prove that you're clever, then it is on. You'll be beating off suitors with your folded up copy of Will Short's Crosswords for Smart Dicks. So how do you get there? 
you can't just get a degree from Arizona State University. Go fighting cactus ants. You don't have a free afternoon in the $60. You need a shortcut to smart. And fast. That's where solve a Rubik's Cube by mail comes in. I know you need to know the deal. And here's the deal. You send them an unsolved Rubik's Cube, available from most Goodwill stores and probably eBay. They solve it and send it back to you. Think of it. Within weeks, you could be surrounded by perfectly ordered cubes, just like Einstein or Stephen Fry. Prices start at just $40, and if you use the code 5150, a podcast about needless holidays, they'll throw in a free solution for a Rubik's clock or Rubik's magic. The flat one with the rings? No, you don't remember that? It's because you're dumb. Get on this. Solve a Rubik's Cube by mail. We're hoping you haven't thought this through either. We are back. So, to make things more awkward. <laughs> yeah, this one, I'm not sure how this one's going to go. No, uh, but we started talking about this, um, full disclosure. Um, we, it's hard to come up with ideas for podcasts for us. So, you got any ideas, fucking send them in. Yeah, um, please. All of our ideas involve a lot of work, and so we never <laughs> get to them. We, we talked about that a little bit with the Train Spotting podcast stuff. There's a lot of like, here's what we do. We both watch Ken Burns Civil War, and we'll really has, talk has about Has anyone it. seen a Ken's Burn, Ken, Ken's Burns movie all the way through? Yeah. I have. The jazz one? The baseball one? I've watched the baseball one. Really? I don't even like baseball. (laughs) That's how fucking engaging it is. I tried to watch one about the national parks, and that is just... Prohibition? The Prohibition (laughs) one was really good. I watched that one all the way through. Maybe I'm wrong about Ken Burns, but he seems like a worthy and boring man. He's the brown rice of filmmakers. uh, Yeah, uh, it's also... He's found one style, and he's just like, I am not going to deviate from that. And I normally hate that because, like, I'm getting sick of Wes Anderson for that very reason where, like, Wes Anderson figured out his style and now he's just, like, whittled it down to, like, you know. Did you enjoy the Grand Budapest Hotel, though? Yes. Yeah, I like that one, too. And I wasn't I wasn't. But I hated Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, I couldn't get through that. I I turned that off. Like, it was on on Netflix. Nope. But most people I know were like, this is so rude. And I was like, they said just like that, too. (laughs) Most most people, you know, morons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I was I was not the one on, on no, I, uh, Moonrise Kingdom. And was it was the Life Aquatic the one before that? Yeah, no, I hated that. No, one as well. uh, the Darjeeling Limited, which maybe is worst film. Oh, I, I didn't even see it's that. It's unwatchable. No, um, and then bef- and then before let's that keep was Life backwards. Aquatic, which is okay. And I got, then again, I was really long and just uh, what was before that? Royal Tenenbaums. No, it was Royal Tenenbaums. I was really like that. Well, Fantastic Mr. Fox is in there somewhere, but I don't know where. Oh, yeah, my wife likes that. I haven't seen it. But uh, Royal Tim Palms, good, really good. Mm-hmm. Rushmore is really good. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed Thanks that. Thanks for joining it's us for the Wes Anderson <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, was what, that was what was going to be awkward. We were going to talk about Wes Anderson. Yeah, so we have a – anyway, the long story even longer. We, we have a hard time coming up with ideas for podcasts that don't involve us needing to both watch the same or read the same, same things. Yeah. And then – comment on them yeah that's, what, that's why that crow idea was really good we just had to listen to that one album yeah but we can't we can't listen to bad albums all the time no it, it can't <laughs> <laughs> we can't listen to bad albums forever <laughs> although if you have any ideas for albums you do want to hear track by track we we're, already, we're already considering hillbilly deluxe i was gonna Rob's say <laughs> you just you just you just previewed it that is uh, we're 100 percent gonna do hillbilly deluxe it's delta <laughs> I think there are three good songs, and I think they're all the same song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. This is so you're you're playing the part of, of Paul in this one, where you're like, it's oh, it's yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go in as the, the advocate for you know 
This is this is Rob Zombie's prime. It's better than I think it probably is better than Astro Creep. You know what? Not the forum to discuss this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we sh- let's get back to the subject. Uh, Train spotting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no agenda. Mm. So, I made an offhand comment. I never because a lot of times what I like to do is just shoot my mouth off and then randomly find ways to justify the crazy thing that I just said. Yeah. So that's. That's kind of my MO. You can get a long way on that. <laughs> uh, it served me well. It served me well, my friend. Like, So I, I made a, a cockamamie fucking statement, and we thought we would talk about it on yeah. the podcast. Because so, neither of us are really sure if this is true. So we want to kind of like get into get to the, the bottom of it and just kind of figure out if there's even a, a grain of truth in it or if it's generally true or if it's just complete nonsense. Look, I'm I'm willing to accept that it's complete nonsense and most more says probably more about me than it does about uh, the way life works. Well, let's get to it. I'm, yeah. I'm dancing around this. Wow, we, we really, really previewed this. My point was this. What I said was, good-looking dudes in bands. So I'm yeah, going to well, hold this to men. Stick it to dudes. So men, if a dude is too good-looking in the creative endeavors, I guess other than acting, where being good-looking is like yeah, a like, prerequisite to like so quiet, su- you know? success... But in music and art and writing and everything, if a dude's too good looking, I'm just like, you can't have it all. <laughs> you know, like, how dare you, sir? You know, and it's it's not even that they're bad at it. Like, I'm not saying they're bad at it because there's plenty of good looking dudes who are really good at music. I just look at it and I'm just like, how did you even have time to get this good at an instrument? Being that you're so good looking, <laughs> like, it's because that must take a lot of time. Just get your hair to do that. <laughs> okay, like, so I'm a big Chris Isaac fan. Yeah. Chris Isaac, really good-looking dude. You'd think he would just be out being good-looking all the time. Like, it's just <laughs> weird that he was like, well, I'm going to really... He's got to make money. You can't just, like... You can't I, just feel, be good I looking. feel like if you're that good-looking, money just happens. <laughs> People just pay you. <laughs> yeah, is that what modeling is, kind <laughs> of? like? <laughs> How much money have you sent Chris Isaac in the last couple of weeks for being a good-looking dude? Thirty, forty dollars Last couple of weeks? Not a lot, but I did. I did pay like ninety dollars to see him in concert. Oh, really? Full disclosure: I got that as a birthday present. Someone <laughs> paid ninety dollars <laughs> to allow me to go see him in concert, but I bought a but, T-shirt. But he performed songs. He didn't just stand there going like, "Hey, check out these cheekbones." Yeah. And here's the thing: he performed songs, and he sounded just like the record. And in between songs, he did like it was like a full comedy review. And the whole time, I'm just like, "This is amazing." But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, "This motherfucker, <laughs> like, how dare you be funny?" And talented, and also be that good looking. Yeah, this is mostly about me being like, man, if I was like twenty percent better looking, I just wouldn't <laughs> do anything creative. I just like rest <laughs> on being better looking. That's uh, th- that just might be me. This might be my baggage coming in. Yeah, uh, I think I, I, it's similar similar thoughts, especially towards um uh, towards pop bands. But it's like, well, you're supposed to be good looking if you're in a pop band. That's uh, like Duran Duran. Supposed to be good looking. Uh, George Michael supposed to be good looking. Like the the music. Duran yeah. Duran in particular, the music's really good. I never really dug George Michael's music that much. It's got there's a couple of tunes in there. Well, do you it's respect kinda... Wham more because the other guy was the other guy not good looking? He wasn't as good looking. It was a real Hall and Oates type situation okay. where one guy was definitely demonstratively better looking than the other guy. Yeah, I don't know because I think uh, the reasons for not liking George Michael could be that sort of insecure teenage jealousy of like fucking good looking dude you know <laughs> it's just like that. yeah it's that <laughs> simmering jealousy rather than i guess it's like meatloaf you're all right with meatloaf being a good singer because he's damn fucking, straight yeah because he's meatloaf and you're like you had to have something you know again <laughs> throw, throw meatloaf a bone. a bone right like 
Throw him a, a fatty, marrowy bone. <laughs> Boom. Fat shaving. Take a drink if you had that on there. Yeah, this is a podcast in which we go after good-looking people and fat people. We fucking hate everyone. Come at us, everyone. If, if our 19 subscribers are just fucking us, which they well may, may well be as we tune our fucking iPhones to make sure the podcast link works correctly. <laughs> Uh, oh Christ! This may be one of the last ones. <laughs> yeah, this, this may be. This may be, It may. What? It may go right to nine. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is just going to be played in court against us. <laughs> yeah. Do you recognize the voices on this tape? Yes, Your Honor. Uh, nope. Not the, me, the man. American one is Paul. Steven did both of them. We've established before that he's like the rich little of this podcast. God damn it. <laughs> my skills yes exactly um when this first started occurring to me i told you the story already but yeah but let's, let's go from i'm that. gonna repeat it when i was i was probably 18 and i saw blink 182 at a venue that was about the size of the of the show box. so like a, how big is the show box like a 600 800 capacity 800 so yeah eight or Le- less than a thousand more than a hundred if you're a really successful indie rock band you play there if you're a failing major label band you play there yeah. it's, it's that sort of that so sort of level i had seen blink 182 in a very small venue like a 300 person venue when they were just blink before they got sued and their first album was out and this was kind of the second album the first major label one before they really had a hit so seeing them again and they brought a touring band with them that i'd never heard of so they were a band they weren't very good but what struck me about them is they were all like if you had cut their like spiky punk rock hair and put them in better clothes they would look like Abercrombie and finch models like they were all like to a man like chiseled six-packed abs incredibly good looking dudes and the whole time i was like look man (laughs) this punk rock thing this is what i'm trying to get into like you can't be into it too. Like you just can't. Like this is not what this is not what I signed up for. If I got to compete against you, motherfuckers, as well as everybody else on the planet, you know. Yeah. Like in, so. in in this scene, I'm not considered a hideous monster. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. In the scene, I'm if like, you start if you start pulling the average over. Yeah, that's when I first noticed, and then you know, once you see something, you can't unsee. So like, I started being like. I don't know. I appreciate when a band. I think pre-MTV, you had more bands who were just weird looking. Mm. Like no one cared cared that like Billy Squire looked weird or whatever. Like they right. were just like yeah. So and especially the stuff that we're interested in, like the metal and punk and hardcore and stuff like that. There is a. It's more like just people that are really just in, just blind enthusiasts that want to do this kind of thing rather yeah. than well, you have to look a certain way. Yeah. Well, oh, Christ, no, that's not fair. You do have to look a certain way, but it isn't like a good-looking thing. It's like, now nah, you pretty much got to wear like a replacements T-shirt. And a, yeah. you know, do you know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. there are, there's a uniform, um, yeah. but it doesn't, it doesn't rely on you being uh, attractive, uh, traditionally attractive. There's, yeah. there's not yeah. a... Well, and so like later on, you'd have bands like Skid Row and stuff like that that I think were more like, or Bon Jovi. Yeah. Where it's like, those guys were more actively good-looking. Uh, like, I like, think Sebastian Bach's... Um, post skid row work proves that he was like not in this for the same reasons we are he's not a fucking broadway musical yeah he's in fucking phantom of the opera is that is that is that what it is he was in phantom of the opera and not because not the iron maiden song like (laughs) because that's basically an instrumental i mean there's there's some singing in it but come on iron maiden tighten it up (laughs) tighten, tighten it up like write London a, it, After Dark or something. Why go the Phantom of the Opera? It, it, it was there was a famous advert for LucasAid. Did you guys have LucasAid? It was an early energy drink in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not Showing sure. Showing out the fuck I'm out not of sure. this. I, here, yeah, I was just 
alcohol. In this mining community that we're in right now in, in Seattle. Yeah, they use Phantom of the Opera as the as this uh, as the soundtrack for this advert. Can you give them checks, Iron Man? Damn. Yeah. No, this is in the eighties as well. This is and the Paul Diano presumably was was cashing some money for that because he's uh he was the singer at the time. So. Oh oh shit. Yeah. Going way back. Speaking of bad looking people, Jesus Christ, Paul Diano. Well, that's yeah. I mean, I you know I don't know. I think you used to be able to get away with that. Like, uh, I brought up the Bay City Rollers to you when we were talking about this. Yeah, which is I, should like, have, I should have looked at what they look like, and I, I'm not I'm not sure. They're, they're the Scottish pop men, right? Yeah. So. And they were ostensibly a band that, like, teenage girls were probably supposed to be into. But if you look at the back of their album, where it's, like, each of their individual faces and, you know, the four yeah. quadrants... Each one of them is, like, weird-looking in a different way. Like, they're all subtly not, like, right. We're just like, oh, that guy's chin's weird. That guy's, like, nose is, like, really crooked. Like, right. they're they're all weird in a way that now, like, that they would not have marketed them. Like, if they would have not like, put What was the, it? 15 years later, they assembled New Kids on the Block, and they don't look like that. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, not... They would not have been, like, these are the dudes. Like, they would have been, like... <laughs> you you got to replace... All these guys, <laughs> <laughs> literally all of them. Or you know, what about the Sex Pistols? Like they're all weird looking. Was Johnny Rotten good looking in any of the early, early like? He's a very engaging dude. Very, he, like, yeah, I think charming. if you did charisma like Trump's traditional good looks. Okay, so the, would, but the argument originally was like traditional like uh, regular dumb objective good looks. He is not that. Okay, but I would say that his like charisma like yeah. I don't think he had any problems. Like, and we're, we're allowing that because, like, just yeah. being in a band gives you some of that. Like, just it literally be being on stage. A, makes he was a, an engaging performer and seemed like a, a reasonably smart guy. I've not read his incredibly long autobiography. I'm, I'm kind of not. I, I think he's been pulling a trick on this for a long time, and I'm not going to contribute any more money to it. <laughs> also, he was in a uh, PIL had. A, yeah, Steve Vai was play guitar. For Steve Vai plays least, in Pill, really? At least one album had fucking Steve Vai in it. And it had Jaw Wobble he on bass. I think this is post Jaw Wobble. Did like he have Neil Peart on drums as well? What the fuck was going on in it's, Pill? It's, it's so weird. Virtuoso we're, musicians. I, it's so weird because it's like Steve Vai must have been. That must have been after like uh, Skyscraper or whatever. The second oh. David Lee Roth solo album that he played on with Billy Sheehan, and he must have been like. I'm out of this. What's the guy from the Sex Pistols up to? Surely <laughs> yeah. that won't be too demanding. UB40 were good looking. No. Oh, good. <laughs> they're definitely not good. I think they're why I hate reggae for the most part. Yeah. I I, that so. first reggae I heard was UB40. That and, and Axl Rose saying, give me some reggae. No, that's why I like reggae. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I put on Toots and the Maytels, and I'm like, let's do this. Who wants some reggae? I want some reggae. I'm going to hear Pops and Pride right now. I think Eric Clapton's the reason most people hate reggae. <laughs> I, him and UB40, both of those guys, uh, British groups who like cocaine, yeah, yeah. really fucked reggae up for everybody. <laughs> Although uh, BOC's Burning For You has a reggae vibe to it, which is around that time, I think. Uh, and to return to Megadeth, uh, Hangar 18 has a kind of reggae breakdown. In <laughs> oh no. If you read the tab, and I'll try and find the tab, because uh, it specifically says reggae metal. And I will... <laughs> Yep. That's not a thing. <laughs> no. No, it isn't. But, you know, you know Megadeth always fucking breaking down the boundaries between reggae and metal. <laughs> Do you think bands that are, uh, have predominantly good-looking members are generally worse? Can you think of an example of, like, a band that's made up of all classically Ooh. handsome people? That's good. 
that are that you're like, oh, these are all cuts. So let's see. Uh, you, you're one of your favorite ones, the cars, and they're not good looking. Oh no, they have <laughs> they have one. All right, look. They have one good-looking dude and one all-right-looking dude, and three dudes who like <laughs> are like actively like weird. Look, I, like I saw dudes. pictures of them to rehearse, rehearse, to oh, research this podcast. They look like monsters. <laughs> <laughs> the um, my favorite is the back cover, of the Candio, their second album. Yeah, where uh, they're like Greg Hawks and Rick Ocasek are all looking crazy, and then they're like. Ben Orr, you're the good-looking one. Here's a lollipop. Put this lollipop <laughs> in your mouth subjectively, and it's like... Oh, I, I haven't seen that now. Oh, Think yeah, you should it. totally see that. Or, like, the the Ramones had this where Dee Dee Ramone was the cute one. Like, he became the cute one by default. I guess so. Because... Yeah. The revolving drummers, the Joey... Because... Too, too weird. It used to be that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, they would be like, that's the cute one. That's the heartthrob guy in the band. Like, yeah. I don't know who in the Monkees was that. It was kind of all of them, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's similar kind of in the Beatles as well. Apart, it's, It was all of them apart from Ringo. <laughs> kind of the, kind of the good-looking one. Uh, Judge Harrison was definitely good-looking. Oh, really? Yeah. On on the... on, um, God, which... Would, uh, I'm not, not a Beatles expert is the problem, but like in the <laughs> early photos, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's... He's, he's definitely I think he was the youngest, the too. Ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. The rest of them were hard-living. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Well, so th- when they started off, they were taking speed and playing five shows a night, and yeah, yeah, they really rushed that ten thousand hours of being a band. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could get there a lot faster, like when you're just like, okay, we're gonna go to Germany, we're gonna play live. Yeah, Sabbath did a similar thing. They we're used to play do. like six hours every day in front of people. It's like you're gonna be good at being on stage by the end of that, <laughs> or you're just you're just, just shutting the doors. They like, just wrap it the fuck up because you know. Like, we play, like, fucking... Twice a month. We play twice a month, and our sets are very short. Yeah. So we will. We were never going to be, We're like, improving, but it's... I mean... I'm, I'm improving. I'm fucking great. Like, <laughs> that's, you know... My fucking first show with Wisconsin, I was terrified. Really? Uh, no, my hands were... Sh- I was trying to plug, plug my bass in, and my fucking hands were shaking. It was, ter- it was awful. But you played shows before, though. Yeah, um, but not for, not for a while, and then... Like only like ten, about ten shows before that, I wasn't like a hardened veteran of a uh, of, the of rock and roll. <laughs> this is BOC reference, guys. And now, now I'm not bothered at all. Now it's like yeah, this is this yeah, is fine. You, I don't know. I've only been nervous for two shows. Yeah, let's let's go into that. Like the very first show I ever played, ever. Um, well, no, the very first show I played guitar, and I played one or two shows before that, doing vocals or fucking around, but playing guitar. And that's because we had. I was in a band that practiced twice before that show. Okay. Um, it was like a battle of the bands. Thing. We were like, <laughs> how, did, not, how did you guys do? Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we really hyped the shit out of it too. We went around. We were like, "You got to go to the show. We're gonna be so good." And people would ask us like, "What do we sound like?" And we'd look at whatever T-shirt they were wearing. We'd be like, you "Sound like White Zombie." <laughs> it did not sound like White Zombie. Like we were just like telling everyone like we're just like <laughs> we sound like the LA Rams. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, and I think we even did a thing where we made like T-shirt designs, and it made people <laughs> pay for the T-shirts in advance. Like, we were like twenty bucks, and then you know, in two to three weeks, you'll get those T-shirts. And we did give them T-shirts. We like, but we bought, we kind of crowdsourced all the iron-ons and stuff <laughs> first. And so, 
Like, we did have a crowd there who was, wow. like, ready. Because we just... Can you start doing this for our band? Like, no. <laughs> nope. Like, people, like, we couldn't have hyped it more. Like, we're just like, this is going to be so great. And we just got up there and just fucking shit the bed. Because, like, <laughs> I pretty much got a guitar. Two weeks later, we heard about the Battle of the Bands. And I was like, we're going to form a band. I'm going to play guitar. And wrote a bunch of songs that I could barely play. And then we practiced twice and then played them. I was just not. I was just not good at stuff. The first year of that band was rocky, but that was like actively a bad show, and I was like, I fucking was nervous. After that, I was fine until we opened up for uh, Agent Orange. And th- was this the same band, or was this a- same band? Okay, that was like two years later, like towards the end of that run of that band before it kind of became a different band. We had gotten to the point where we were kind of could headline, and we we're kind of a draw, and that was the first like out-of-state band that we've been invited to like it's like okay yeah you're gonna be one of the opening acts and we were fucking we liked agent orange because they're legendary kind of band and we're like fucking super pumped and uh we killed that show but i was like fucking super nervous like before it and you know it's like we were kind of i think the first opener so like we had to go on first and so we had to sound check and i was using that dude's equipment and he was trying to be really nice and show me stuff and i was kind of being a dick because i was just like <laughs> like I literally had to go like puke in a trash can. Wow! Like, can before that? W- how old are you? Like eighteen? That that point I was seventeen or eighteen. Okay, probably. maybe eighteen. I think I was just I had just maybe graduated high school at that point. Um, and then after that, fucking, I don't think I got. I've been nervous. If we we're ever like in an arena or something, I might be nervous. You know what I mean? But I, like the I'm, level I'm, I'm at, not I'm not sure that you would now. I think that's something you kind of go through, and then that might be it. Like I, it's uh, now even for, for yeah. me, I was like super nervous. And don't like talking in front of people. It's kind of it's going away, and yeah. it's like even though we have we've played bigger and bigger shows recently. We played shows at like more and more legitimate venues with like more and more people actually paying attention to us, and it's still not. I'm not really nervous before we go on anymore. So I feel like I feel like you go through that, and then you're on the other side of it. We're just like, no, I just I play in a band, and this is what it's like, and it's uh, the, no one being there is terrible, and. Hundreds of people being there that you that you don't know is kind of exciting, but yeah, you know, I and, and I generally also, somewhere between those two. Yeah, and I also feel like once even shows I was nervous for once I got up in front of people, I I like performing. Like yeah. I like the aspect of like people watching stuff that I do. Yeah, <laughs> like that is like <laughs> if if I fucking if I didn't like people listening to my music, I I would fucking be Sabado or something and just recording fucking albums in my room. Like, I'm in a band because I want to, like, be in front of people being, like, forcing them to sit through my music. Yeah. Like, and I I banter between songs and stuff and I like tr- like being a dick and trying to be funny <laughs> in front of people. So, like, that's just, I mean, and that's just, like, I don't mind public speaking and stuff. I'm, I've always been that I'm, way. I'm guessing better at that. That's my... That's something I've had a problem with in years and years. But honestly, being in a band has really helped, like my ability to, to talk in front of people at work. Of like, oh, I can talk in front of drunks that actively don't like us. So, I, or, yeah, wish you were not. <laughs> <laughs> I can ruin people's evenings <laughs> and charge them eight I, bucks for it. You basically want me to give this presentation about how to use Git. <laughs> so, yeah, this is like, fine. We thought that thrash one was loose. This is going to be. <laughs> but yeah, this one. This might be our shortest episode today. It's lurching from <laughs> subject to subject. Okay, yeah. <laughs> As we just talk about ourselves. Yeah. Well, this is about good-looking people. So, <laughs> we had to, um, so, 
Um, good-looking people, if you're listening to this, you can be talented and stuff. I'm just going to hate on you. Fair enough. But it's out of a place of just insecurity. (laughs) And knowing that I would be, like, I'm a pretty lazy person, I'd be, like, way lazier if I was just marginally better looking. Yeah, you got to put the hours in. If If I was, like, (laughs) if I was better looking, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, nor would you see me play music, because (laughs) I would just be, like... On wearing a fig leaf, eating grapes, and just like I don't know what good-looking people do. Obviously. Yeah, we're not allowed into their secret fucking <laughs> club. Yeah. Eating mutton? I don't know. Do they eat mutton? Yeah. Is that a thing? Well, they do? Yeah, sure they do. I just yeah, I guess whatever Henry the Fifth did. But good-looking people. I don't know. Like I'm not quite sure what good-looking people do. But is that is that based on Kenneth Branagh in Henry yes. the Fifth? Sure. I <laughs> had a crazy haircut in that. He went. He like got a free bowl of soup with the haircut that he decided <laughs> to go with. I don't know if that was historical or not, but um, yeah. Yeah. How do we get there? He's, a, he's, get a, there? he's a committed actor as well, Linda. Remember when that guy was something? All right. Um, we should just segue right out of this train wreck. Yeah. Into a different train wreck. Well, thanks for editing this, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listeners. You've got a bad idea, and you think you want to get it out there onto the internet, but chances are it's a time-sucking quagmire that will cost you a ton of money, cause you to age like a motherfucker, and get sued by the person that came up with it originally. What if there was a way for you to launch your stupid, badly planned business, but in secret, to get it out there without getting it out there? Problem established, let's plow into the solution. Alldowntime.com is the never-accessible web service your terrible business plan should rely on. Your dating service for anime fans, down. Your driving school for dogs, never discovered. Your store that sells homemade lamps in the shape of Lionel Richie's face, total secret. Use the code SOMEKINDOFMONSTER and we'll delete your emails without even reading them, giving you complete confidentiality. Alldowntime.com. There's no backlash if no one finds out. And we're back. Wow, did... Do you use that service? Yeah, I do. Uh, for our this website. podcast, <laughs> <laughs> our website's on there. You can. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like this podcast is, is on that. Yeah, with our lack of letting people know about it, I feel like we stole their idea for web things that nobody <laughs> pays attention to. It's a recommendation section. Is it? I don't have anything. Fucking, you, this week has been awful. I've had a cold. <laughs> I've had I had just get, work, <laughs> and I haven't listened to any any new new shit. I haven't seen anything cool. The the only thing I've been enjoying is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on Netflix, which is, I don't even know if it's a good show, but I'm really enjoying it. It's an hour long or 45 minutes without, without um, comedy, and it's a musical. They're actual musical numbers, and the musical numbers are not good. Like They're, they're, not, they're generally like way worse than a Simpsons musical song, like a, a good deal worse than that. Sometimes, what, sometimes on purpose, some or good do you think no, they're... No, I think they're like trying really hard. <laughs> Um, sometimes there's actually some good jokes in the, in the musicals, but generally it's like not not that great. And it's the mo- it's super mainstream, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. So I'm going to tentatively recommend for your grindcore needs, Crazy Ex Girlfriend on Netflix. Wow. So what what split fucking three inch vinyl? Do you <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, what Gorguts versus Crocus? Fucking. <laughs> I'm I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it on the punk rock tip again this week. Okay. You know what? I'm uh, here. I'm going to change it based off of 
what you just said because you want something weirder. Yeah, what sure. I was gonna, so please I was balance do... out what I said. To keep keep this podcast more in the in the in the way in which it was intended, and not a kind of hey, here's some fucking mainstream shit that you probably already know about. Well, no, I was gonna I was gonna mention a, a split punk rock seven inch to go in line with the Dylan Four thing that I mentioned, but I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna gonna recommend it's a split ten inch. It's one sided. It's a weird, crazy kind of skull shape that they silk screen a skull on the one side of it, and the other side has both bands on it. Is it a double press, like where, where there's two grooves on yeah, one side? Yeah, there's two grooves, and so one of them plays from the inside out, and oh. the other plays from the outside in. So okay. you have to kind of put it in the middle <laughs> of like of the grooves, and it either starts on one and will play outwards, or it starts on the other one and plays inwards. That it's, sounds really frustrating. <laughs> it is super frustrating. So it's two bands. It's uh, Jerome's Dream and Orchid. Um, Jerome's Dream, I saw them in a basement when I first moved to Seattle, and their claim to fame <laughs> is that their singer did not use a microphone. This wasn't a coffee shop performance. This is a no. This is in the middle of a sweaty basement, and they were very loud. And that dude was way louder. And so I'm sure he can't talk now. But at the time, it was dope. Uh, they're kind of screamy. They're both sort of in the kind of early screamo, hardcore kind of stuff. But Orchid's badass. Orchid's whole discography is good. So I, I think I, you've already recommended an Orchid song. Uh, I think maybe on the first episode. Maybe they sound familiar from that. Oh. Uh, Look that up, I two, guess. <laughs> two different recommendations. Yeah, so... Okay, uh, so watch his mainstream CW uh, sitcom while listening... You, you will enjoy it. It's really funny. Uh, while uh, listening to a hard-to-listen-to album. And uh, I guess next week we'll be back, hopefully, with real uh, topics. With, with a topic. <laughs> hey, guys, if you... Um, give exist. us ideas. <laughs> <You> exist. <laughs> Next week, we're just going to read whatever email we get, whatever the newest email we get. Yeah. And, and, it, and if it's you have signed in from a different account on Firefox, that's what we're going to read. We're going to read it. We're going to read that. That's gonna, we're going to open with that. And if it's very long, if it's like terms and conditions, that might be the main segment. And we will digress into other things and talk about ourselves, but, but it's mainly going to be a term and condition-based podcast. Yeah. 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 Peace. <laughs>